0: Yeah, that's
1: not a bad idea. And
0: then we can see if we can do a podcast next weekend, or if not, we can just forego for a week because...
1: Oh, we'll see. Maybe I'll be able to play some games in between,
0: like, bits and stuff. How is the Comic-Con thing so heavy? Like, there's not even a Comic-Con.
1: It's just a lot of, like, pre-taped content. But they're all really long, so it's like someone has to babysit it and make sure everything works because we're being like
0: But people are still putting out Comic Con projects even though there's no Comic Con because Yeah, they're
1: like just all pre taped interviews with the celebs and shit like that.
0: That's there actually any news coming out that's like
1: I honestly haven't really cared to look.
0: What would they, I mean, I don't even know what they announced a Comic Con, is it just like I'm assuming It's
1: movies that. and like T V shows and stuff like that. And sometimes comics. <laughs> C-
0: I, I can't remember the last time I got excited for an announcement that happened at Comic-Con. Actually, that's a lie. They said that Archer was coming back for an 11th season where he was waking up from the coma at Comic-Con. That, that's like the only Comic-Con news in the last three years that I actually cared about.
1: I did a full interview with the cast of Archer the other day. Um, That's cool. I had Chris Parnell, Aisha Tyler. Chris
0: Parnell's the cool one. Aisha Tyler right here is a little bit of a diva.
1: She was nice. She was very nice. And then um, Judy Greer.
0: big fan of judy greer she's great she's hilarious Yeah, i wanna we should they delayed the whole season 11 because of corona It was supposed to come out in march or april i think Mm. so now i think it's just like on so that's the season that they came in to talk about he wakes up from a coma
1: oh because they barely even talked about the show they were just like making funnies with each other it was great they have great great rapport with one another
0: yeah, I'm jealous. What what a cool cast and what a show that I actually genuinely like. Yeah. That's the only Comic Con news I think I like. I don't, I don't care about anything that comes to Comic Con because most of the stuff it's like, "Hey guys, Womp Marvel." Do you want Womp.
1: another superhero? Um, and and even that's like they've taken a step back from that shit. You know who is a diva? Is the voice of Archer kind of a diva?
0: Oh, H. John Benjamin. Yeah. Sure. I mean,
1: the guy he's... who kind of talks like this. I can't that's, do. His that's voice. a really
0: bad. I can't impression. do his. He has a hard
1: voice to do. Yeah, he's impossible voice to do. Um, he kind of
0: talks he's, like he's got. That, no, you're like doing, he's holding like a, his doing nose. Like a Jersey accent.
1: No, this isn't Jersey. This is Jersey. Hey, I'm from Jersey. Archer. He kind of talks me. like H&M he's holding like his like nose. It's on
0: the spectrum, so you always <laughs> have to like have the caveat.
1: You know, the Chris Farnell is genuinely one of the nicest human beings. He just kind of shows up and goes, oh hello there
0: could you imagine doing <laughs> a cartoon where your your voice is just your regular voice <laughs> yeah
1: <you>? exactly like <laughs> he goes i just kind of came into this you know i don't really have to do too much with my voice you know i'm doing vo in my laundry he does all his vo in his laundry room now due to corona great lighting in his laundry room great lighting
0: man we should uh cut most of that because it wasn't for the show i don't Joey, know why you started I recording
1: i am mad <clears throat> i'm angry why are you mad? I'm angry because women don't look like this in real life. You can't come out of the gate like that. You can't. Abby's you, arms are a billion cannot, times cannot, larger than my arms, and, cannot, and that is that Nick, is this
0: impossible. Is toxic masculinity. That's that's placating You're to talking, Nick. Nick, you got us. You got it's stop. just playing Nick, to the
1: no. the all those Nick, liberal Nick, SJWs Nick, with Nick, small arms.
0: Nick, stop. I'm kidding god she's now got people, great arms now that we turned everyone off from the podcast she's got great arms we got the fans that we don't want to hear dude her arms are great i was appreciating her arms i'm like man she lifts some fucking weights dude <laughs> abby dude hear me out hot take we're here to talk about the last of us too my name's joey i'm here with nick and i stand for abby oh. i like i think i like abby better than ellie honestly at this point No, okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She said... We're here to talk about The Last of Us 2. Did you see her PRs? The Last of Us Part 2. And you think the thing about The Last of Us Part 2 is like, wow, that game's been out for like a month. Why did it take you so long to play it? Like, Nick played it right away. He played it in like a week. Well, that's not entirely true because Nick lagged a little bit while playing it. It's a long game. Because it's a long game, and I think that Nick got a little bored in the middle. Also... Uh, we were playing it at the same time that we got our index delivered. So really, we were more concerned about Half-Life. <laughs> because anyone, anyone who tells me that The Last of Us Part Two is, quote, Game of the Year over Half-Life Alex, is a fucking fraud game <laughs> journalist. <laughs> I, I don't even want to call them a journalist. They're, 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 their opinions are bad. So uh that's gonna be a conversation for later this year i'd say you didn't like the last of us no i I kind of did like the last of us but everyone being like oh man it's such a good game 10 out of 10 ign like maybe but to say that both games half of us now half of us and last life alex the half of us (laughs) yes exactly the, uh, to say that they're both tens like is a disservice to a ten because one is clearly superior than the other and I'm happy that I played one first and it made the second one much more of a slog to get through let me tell you and everyone who's complaining about The Last of Us Part 2 because I did such a good job not spoiling myself Nick I didn't ask you about the game I didn't seek out stuff on Twitter I made sure to avoid certain subreddits I did a really good job staying like for almost a month spoiler free about this game at which point I played it over the course of like Six days, pretty pretty heavy. And um, I'm happy I got no spoilers. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, I finished the game and I went to go see... Man, I know... One of the things that I knew about the game is that people on Metacritic fucking bombed it. And not the reviewers, the people. And I'm like, what could they have possibly been so mad about?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like a... You know, whenever... It, it is weird because... Critically, the game was pretty well-loved. Like, it was a lot of 10 out of 10s. It was considered by many outlets to be a game that, you know, you should play this if you like video games. This will probably be... That's probably true. it's, it's, It's a good one. But there's a disproportionate amount of people where basically most of... Most. A vocal minority who obviously is the most vocal on the internet, they have just... It seems that they just don't like the game because of the, a lot of the things that it's trying to say or the how inclusive it's trying to be. And by being inclusive, they think
0: that it's compromised to some extent. Are you telling me that we're being inclusive because we're following a bunch of white characters in Seattle, Nick? I mean, you do kill a lot of Asian people. Oh, man. You also <laughs> do. The Mexican dude's horny. What the fuck? He dude? likes anime, too. Inclusion. Um, yeah, they basically got you to stand in for the video game. <laughs> um, like... Dude, we got it all. We got lesbians. We got trans representation. We got most races, even though you're mostly killing the people who aren't white. Don't think about that. But man, <laughs> talk about my diversity. All the characters that you play as, they got fucking vaginas. Like,
1: That's true. You do play as exclusively women. Yeah. You, pl- you play as exclusively... I-, I think a, a big initial outlash that came out over this game were a lot of early story leaks, quote unquote, about the game back when it was originally gonna come out. A bunch of people leaked a bunch of things regarding the game and and that kind of threw the internet in a in immediate outrage what over something. Leaked? Um I, I guess originally they said Abby was trans and they were like, oh my God, you're gonna hit us over the head with it, why don't you? And I, people were really upset that Joel died, which like,
0: oh, dude, Nick, fucking, we got a spoiler alert. The podcast, dude, that's the Joel first, died. It's the first
1: Joel hour. Died? That's the thing about this game. I don't understand why people were surprised by Joel dying because. It's basically explained in that first ever revealed trailer for the game. It's like, oh, this is a ghost of Joel that she's playing guitar. Joel shows up and he's playing guitar and it's like, oh, he probably died. That makes sense. He's an older dude. And this also looks like it takes place 10, 15 years after the first game. So it makes sense that he'd be dead. Just not how he died. And that's where a lot of the outrage is surrounding Joel's character arc. People are upset at how Joel died because they thought it was, quote unquote, Bad writing because Joel would never reveal his name to a random stranger and he would never be even caught in that position in the first place. Why would he ever help someone out? He doesn't know. That's not who Joel is.
0: If I ever had to... Joel
1: is not capable of acting on emotion, according to a lot of the internet. Or
0: changing over the course of an unclosed amount
1: of time. They're like, he's not an emotional dude. He's a cold and calculated man. It's like, are you kidding Did you play the end of the first game? He literally makes the most emotional choice where he decides, yeah, I could save humanity, but I'd be really sad if my fake daughter died. So I'm gonna go with the emotional thing and really just, you know, screw things that make sense as far as the greater good for humanity. Joel doesn't do that. He he's a selfish human being. He only cares about himself and by proxy, Ellie. He, he one of the a criticism I saw of the first game which i think is interesting that people maybe did not intend for this criticism to be interesting Mm -hmm. is that by joel existing he is essentially playing the central like oh he takes the agency away from ellie and so ellie isn't she's a good character but she never makes her own choices because joel made it for her and i thought that was super interesting because how do you feel because you know by the end of the first game and this game also cements the fact that Ellie knows Joel lied to her. He knows, She knows.
0: Well, she might, She. I don't know if she necessarily knew in the moment. Right, but she did shortly thereafter.
1: And I think it's super interesting if you have a character who basically his life is on loan, essentially, where it's like, oh, this person made this vital choice for me and I don't really know how to live. And I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know that the game extrapolates on that particularly well, but I think that's an interesting conceit because – It it does kind of play into the, you know, oh, the male character made a choice for the female character, and that's how like. But now she has to live with that kind of choice, which is interesting.
0: So it seems like a lot of people were just mad at the way Joel died because of like, oh, my plot holes, yeah, my Deus ex machinas. Which I don't like. You can argue the legality of a plot hole of Joel being like, man, he would never say his name. But I just want to like anyone who thinks that genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Get your head out of your ass. Like, who gives you're just a not interested fuck? in actual criticism of a game because yeah. it's like
1: one, Tommy's the one who reveals the name, and two, that's a pretty reasonable thing to do when you're being chased by hundreds of whatever clickers and zombies,
0: clickers, and boomers, and stalkers. And Dude, whatever the fucking you, left the
1: tanks. So I think there's a tank in there. Last of Us is anti old people because you kill boomers.
0: God. Um, <laughs> How'd you feel about Joel's death? I think it is See now, i think that the people who talk about joel's death there's there's one christian that i feel like is is kind of valid and a reason why you sh- why people are upset about it because i think a lot of people liked the last of us the original game for the relationship that was building between joe and ellie over the course of the whole story and that mm-hmm. was the majority of the game to them you they see in part, they didn't care as much about the combat or necessarily how the story's like oh zombie apocalypse oh boy man has daughter dead man has new daughter like yeah. let's get to hospital like let's j- travel across the country i get it, it was the little moments in the relationship that built up between those two characters that people really became attached to so people who are like oh wow i played this whole second part of the game and not have the thing that i liked most about the first game okay i think that might be a fair point that are you being sold a bill of false goods? Probably not. No one guaranteed you a second game that was going to be just like the first. There's people who are trying to tell a story here. Yeah. Is it what you would have wanted? Maybe not. Is it something to like get irate about? Maybe if you really liked The Last of Us that much. But also, who the fuck liked The Last of Us that much? <laughs> it was like an okay to good game. It's like, a pretty good game, it, I would it, argue. It, it's, it's a good game, but if you had to make a fucking pantheon top 10 games of all time list. anyone who puts the last of us in that in that in their top 10 games of all times hasn't played enough good video games well see i don't know that that's a fair criticism though because i think every game following
1: 2010 tries to be the last of us every game god of war tries to be the last of us you have you got a
0: craft and you. Gotta, you have
1: a road trip journey. You have a father and a son, and it's just it's a very similar arc. And I think even style wise, like a third person over the shoulder style game, like so yeah. much of The Last of Us just isn't fun though. Yeah, but it's also like I think we've seen a, the rise of the third person over the shoulder um, action, quote unquote, like shooter action game. And then there's also, I think, the worst thing to come out of Last of Us is where games stop trying to be games and games just try to be movies. I can be super into that.
0: I watched all the Last of Us cutscenes before I played Last of Us Two. So I can remember what happened because the game came out like seven years ago, and it's been a fucking minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I can get into that. I I can get into like all the Death Stranding cutscenes. I can I can fucking enjoy a Kojima game. I love Firewatch. Like mm-hmm. I'm into some of that stuff, right? Um, so, that that wasn't necessarily my criticism of The Last of Us Part 2. My criticism of The Last of Us Part 2, I ah, mean, I think that after playing Half Life Alex, I also had like a little bit of horror fatigue. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, oh yeah, I could see that. Playing both of them back to back, like, they're both not really horror games, but they're also kind of horror games. And there's moments of tension. Yeah, and there's like moments of, Why are you jump scaring me? developer i just don't like this feeling yeah um but yeah so so you know joel dies and i'm like wow that's a really powerful and memorable scene and it's i don't pretty
1: brutal too
0: yeah and I, I don't think about it dude the sound of a golf club hitting a hitting a skull Ugh. i'd love to know how they made that fully um i i i don't like, I, I, I don't understand why people are like, oh no, the whole game's ruined because that's like one of the takeaway moments. When I think about The Last of Us Two in retrospect, I think about Joel dying. I think about playing half the game as Abby. I think about um Abby's arms. And then I also And then I also think about uh Ellie uh letting Abby live. And that's like those are the plot points for me.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's basically it. Um I, I really I think the the biggest thing I enjoyed about this game was seeing the relationship between um, Ellie and Dina and also Abby and uh, Lev. Ooh, disagree. You didn't like Ellie and Dina's relationship? Yeah,
0: I think that uh, to have two characters be kind of interesting together in a relationship like that. They can't be too similar. And I think that Ellie and Dina are like very similar characters and people. I don't really feel like there's any like tension or growth or like anything that they can play off each other. And I don't think like every set of characters needs to be a foil of one another, right? Right. But also, like, I feel like Dina never really stood out to me as anything other than like a couple of labels. Like, she was never like a fully realized human to me. Hmm,
1: I don't know that I agree with that because I felt that she, she kind of presented a humanity that Ellie just distinctly lacked. She, she kind of represented a lot of what was good in this new world that Ellie just seemed to like, yeah, I feel like I'd probably go insane if I didn't have this person. Ellie's a piece of shit. She's terrible. Ellie's but I mean, horrible. It, it's hard to blame her though because of the role model that she had who literally damned humanity because he was selfish.
0: Yeah, anyone is also like, oh no, Joel! I loved him so much. Like, like look into you, and look inside your own soul that you're like standing for Joel. Well, to I mean, destroyed humanity. It really is hard to like.
1: One, yes, he he damned humanity because he was selfish. But it's hard for anyone to really blame him. Like in a world that's nothing but cold and harsh, why would you want to give up something? that is the only good thing that you have like even if it doesn't actually like you don't know 100 percent that it is going to be a cure for humanity so it's hard to fault him for that like yeah i you know that's a difficult decision to make i don't really blame him but he did make the wrong choice so i, I and he is an interesting person as like as a character like he he's he's funny he's kind of awkward and it's like oh that's that's cool he's just an old like awkward dad I, i'm into that that's fine um and i think Ellie, as a result, has kind of grown up just seeing, like, oh, I have to be harsh in order to survive. So, seeing her kind of open up a little to Dina was nice. And um, I think a lot of the things that I was not expecting in this game was like an exploration of faith um, on two different levels. Uh, One, Dina's Jewish heritage, I thought was beautiful. Um, the, The scene where you're in the synagogue early, and I think it's a. Day one of Seattle. Yeah, day one of Seattle. Uh, There's just something innately interesting, and I think it tapped into something as to why I am, I, I consider myself a man of faith because it is a comfort almost. Like it, and despite a lot of things being used in the Bible or the Torah being used to kind of um pacify and to subjugate people i think that there is an innate good that humans have kind of corrupted and that kind of good nostalgia is like comfort food for a lot of people in times of difficulty and i really like that the game explored that and then contrast that to lev and the seraphites uh i thought that there there was a an interesting perspective on just the corruption of of faith and just how easy it is for like a religion to be well-meaning, but for humans to kind of get their hands on it, to kind of bend it to their will. And they kind of ostracize everyone else who doesn't adhere to their very rigid belief structure, despite how flawed it might be. So I really like that. There is a juxtaposition of faith as a shelter versus faith as like a
0: kind of police state, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. The game does a lot of like, Hey, Look at this trans character. Hey, have you thought about religion as, like, a thing that could be bad or good? Hey, how about calling Seraphites scars and the the Seraphites not wanting to call them scars? Do you feel like you really get to call them that name, that derogatory term that you, (laughs) you know, chose for them to dehumanize them as people? Hmm. Okay. Like, it definitely feels like this game has, like, nods. And and nods make it sound kind of subtle when more often than not, it's like they take a fucking billboard and write it on top of the screen. They're like, Mm -hmm. hey, here is a political viewpoint. You should probably look at it and try and consider it a little bit. And I wonder how many people go through the game and are like, huh, that's food for thought. Or if it's just like I'd love to see how people with different beliefs like interpret a lot of these uh, story points because, you know, from 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 all walks of life, it, it presents a lot of different, you know uh just 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 interpretations
1: yeah and and i do think that the game doesn't necessarily it kind of i don't know that it executes 100% on the things it's trying to present because it is very much like a isn't this you know like oh isn't this supposed to be insightful huh huh but it never really makes a stand and says like i think the most interesting media is the one that makes tries to make a statement regarding beliefs and i think the last of us falls into the victim that a lot of prestige video games do where they just present the belief but they don't make they don't say anything about it because they're afraid to ostracize and alienate people who will give them $60.
0: Oh, dude. I mean, I understand why that's the case in the business. I know people who probably didn't give them $60 because they're like, are you telling me that Ellie's a lesbian? I'm not going to play that video game. (laughs) Like, those people probably exist. And, like, I think that they exist in less numbers in 2020 than they did in 2010. I don't
1: know, man. I think that they are the most vocal. They're the ones who are, you know, tweeting at Laura Bailey to kill herself because of what she did to Joel. It's like, you realize she's not a... She's a real person, and, you know, Abby's a fake character. That's wild. I wonder,
0: uh, dude, I wonder if Laura's got arms like that, though.
1: Uh, they, there's, like, a picture behind the scenes of her, like, deadlifting, and she doesn't have Abby's arms, but she's, she's like, in good shape. She's, like, muscular. Um, what great arms. Built like an ox. But, uh, like, one thing that I thought was interesting that I'm, again, I'm speaking as a, sh- a straight man, um, I-, I thought the presentation of Lev was handled Well, quote unquote, I feel like there's such a there's always the dilemma of anytime you include a trans character in a story, the whole point of the story is to reveal that they're trans.
0: You can only make it so subtle, right? Yeah, and And I think
1: and I think the Last of Us never says like, oh yeah, you know, I got kicked out because I was you know pretending to be a man or whatever. blah, Blah blah. I was presenting as a man. The
0: game's just like, yeah, I cut my hair. Yeah, there's multiple different ways that it like it kind of feeds it to you and I'd love to see the breakdown of when the light bulb went off in people's heads mm-hmm. and how many clues they had to get to like understand what they were trying to accomplish. How many people might have played through the whole story? I know that there's people who could play through the whole story and like not understand that oh, that, yeah. that, that plot point and, and, at all. So like I, I would that's... love to see the breakdown of like when people got it. I think that they did a good job making him look innocent Rogers from the beginning yes. because because right away I'm like are those two women? Oh, right, right, right. Immediately, w- like, what's Lev and then his sister? I, don't, I forget what his sister's name is. I'm I mean, a really bad. One.
1: I mean, the sister doesn't make it very long. <laughs> oh
0: man, she had a really rough day. Holy shit! <laughs> a rough
1: twenty-four hours. But yeah, like thirty-six hours. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like right from the get-go, like it was kind of on my radar because I'm like, hmm. they're like, they both look kind of androgynous.
1: Yeah, I, my big thing was like, oh, are they related or are they in a relationship because they have like. You know they care about one another in a way more than say Abby and Manny do. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of love. I just couldn't tell if it was like agape or uh, what is it? Eros. No, not Eros. But, or Eros for sure, but
0: also. Um, is there a third one that I don't know about? Yeah,
1: it's a what's a philos, brotherly, like sibling. Oh, okay, there's love. a third one I don't know about. Yeah, agape is like, you know, I agape Joey. Eros would be we're fucking, and then yeah, and then Philos difference. is like um you know sibling love, family familial love, and and I I couldn't tell and I was like oh that's interesting to me, um and yeah I had no idea like I was like okay this is a dude and his sister.
0: I would love to see the body counts on both of these women. Like I wish that the game told you. By the way, you killed so many people. A lot of Asian people you kill. A lot of. Why ho- is it that all- the game
1: does a lot of interesting things when it comes to like. A lot of people I saw making fun of the fact that every NPC has a name. Like, they have, in their health bar, they have a name, like, you know, Barry. And then if you kill Barry, it's like,
0: oh my god, they killed Barry! It's, it's <laughs> way funnier when it's the dogs. Oh, I know. Oh no, Captain Sparkles <laughs> is dead! <laughs> like, oh yeah. no, I'm sorry and
1: that I murdered Spot. I almost exclusively used the trip mines on the dogs, too, so they just evaporate in the red mist every time they're like oh my god spot (laughs) what happened i think the game does a good job of telling you you're bad well it does a good and bad job of presenting its violence i think it does a good job in that it is one of the first games i've seen that's actively trying to humanize npcs in a way that a lot of video games typically don't and I think you can do that in some clever ways. That
0: ad just—it stands out.
1: It, it adds a little more, a little, a little seasoning to the mix when you name your NPCs who are just, you know, generic person one, generic person two. That adds a little bit of like realism to some extent. And I think that the—the the one thing that's a little over the top. I think the game does have a tendency to get overly gratuitous with its violence. Um, Honestly, I thought Joel's death was handled well. Like, I I you know they showed a couple contact hits, but for the most part, it, it's, it cuts away on impact. So you never see, like, the brunt of it. And I think your imagination makes things worse. And you, it makes you misremember things for the, like, to make it feel like it was worse than it actually was. But the stuff I have a problem with is, like, over-the-top violence that it's almost funny Like, after you, like, shoot a person in the face with the shotgun, they're like, screaming for, like, 15
0: seconds after they've already crumpled to the floor. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to feel bad. The game really wants you to know that these characters are bad. It's like... It's like the game developers played Spec Ops The Line when they were like in yeah. the middle of writing The Last of Us 2 and they're like, hold on guys, they had a great idea. What if we made players realize that their actions aren't good by doing the actions and humanizing the people they're killing? <gasps> what if... And then they did that, and then like maybe I'm too cynical, and maybe like it is really cool, and maybe I'm just like, well, you know, they didn't do it with enough nuance to actually make it, you know, as good as it could be. Like, there's a lot of things I like about it. This is like, it definitely gets the message across that, like, hey, no, 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 you know how, you know how you're playing Abby, and you know how you're trying to empathize there now. Remember how she was committing genocide against <laughs> an entire group of people on an island, huh? Do you remember that as you're playing as her? No, that's okay because she's like friends with two kids now, so everything's hunky dory. Like, Lev gave Abby the kill seraphites card. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I think that when a game, it's unfortunate. It's the unfortunate thing that Naughty Dog has always faced. It's lo- the, the fancy, the word of the day is the ludonarrative dissonance. It is the idea that when you do try to present something that is more meaningful, something a little more quote-unquote cinematic, something that is more geared towards storytelling, the actions of your character tend to take away from the big plot beats. Mm -hmm. In Uncharted, it was the fact that Nathan Drake is like, he's super chill, he's funny, he's witty, he's handsome, and he's like a a dashing rogue, but he also kills 4,000 brown people. So it's just like, how do you come to terms with making him likable, but also a genocidal maniac? And then the right answer is, it's a video game. You're not supposed to worry about that sort of thing. That is what we would call um, plausible, like, uh, what is it? Oh Man, I can't remember the word now. But it's the idea of, you know, um, playing... You, you kind of play to the audience expectation because mm-hmm. you are being told a story. There's a word for it when it comes to movies that I can't... It's like willful ignorance where you're just like... You look over because it's not that big of a deal. It's not a deal breaker. But for some people, it might be. And I think in The Last of Us, it is its presentation of violence. One part that I found almost laughable is near the end of the game when... Abby is forced to defend Lev um, as they make their way through the island after the wolves have invaded. And then it's the first time Abby kills a fellow group of wolves. And she's like, Oh my god, I killed Wolf. I killed like my own. And then like the next scene, she's like, ah, like there, and it feels like, okay, now you're not acknowledging it anymore. And that's the problem of video games because at a certain point it becomes too much um you know we played a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima and i think that also suffers from a very similar thing in regards to honor and stealth and
0: all that that's stuff. for a different podcast my dude we fucking like so it, playing it, playing as Abby it's like oh man yeah look i've killed hundreds of zombies and hundreds of people from every clan and tribe and then wow i killed some of my own oh no wow time to kill more of them mm-hmm. it's like Every character just sucks.
1: Yeah, but, like, you know, I'm glad that the game is at least... I'm I'm glad that the writer, writers, director, Neil Druckmann, whatever, I'm glad that there's someone who is tackling... Like, it's going to be messy when you're trying to figure shit like this out. Because, you know... It's hard to make a game with impact when most of the game is shooting people in the face and like stabbing
0: people in the back. Murdering dogs. Murdering dogs. Being but, forced to murder dogs and then be told later how bad you are for murdering that dog. But you just pet that dog. Yeah. There's, and the game does
1: some interesting stuff. Like in the wolf camp when, when you meet like the giant stadium full of people, there are people in the mess hall that you can see who later on appear as enemies that Ellie will fight. So like I think that's interesting. I think there's a lot of good ideas in like trying to humanize NPCs in some really cool ways. I really haven't seen video games do, and I think it does some interesting stuff in regards to violence because a lot of the the death like animations and stuff like that. A lot of that's like context sensitive based on environments that only appear like once in the entire game. So like if you smash someone against a desk, it's like oh this is the only time that that animation will play, which is
0: wild. Last of Us 2, Part 2, whatever, fuck you. Um, and one of the things that I have to give it the most praise for is how solid its animation is. It's gorgeous. Like when, when The game uh, is beautiful, but the animation is, like, why?
1: It's next level. Like, I've never seen a video game where a character takes off their shirt and, like, the, the fabric of the shirt doesn't clip through their skin. It's, like, skin... There's be- a very little bit of that, but, like, yes. N- well, like, in the cutscene specifically. And I think, like, you know, Ab... Uh, dina and ellie's kiss i think is one of the best looking pieces of animation i think i've ever seen oh yeah there's a some video. real like lip there's lip yeah. like the way the noses interact with each other's cheeks and stuff like i was like wow this is this is really something um i think that's i think that's cool and i think it's pioneering technology in a super interesting way and unlike the violence i think the game does a good job of Tying its story to gameplay in the way that I think the first game did. Because in the first game, the real quote-unquote monster is Joel because of what he does. But it is the idea that he hunts by sound using echolocation, as do the clickers in the game. So like, there's some really interesting parallels between the monsters in the game versus your main character. Mm -hmm. And so I think likewise, I think there's a lot about the gameplay that speaks volumes about the game's like theming and the game's storytelling arcs in ways that I don't think I've ever seen before. So like the biggest thing is the second we play as Ellie, it's wild how different her equipment is from Joel. She relies on a lot of nimble gear, a, a lot of distracting devices and stuff like that. You know, you don't you don't have your grenades anymore. So I was like, man, I love those nail uh, like those tin can grenades that you could had in the first game. And I think that's super interesting that she has a super different arsenal. But then, halfway through the game, you play as Abby, and the thing about Abby is she wants revenge against Joel, and she, you know, as is the tale of any revenge, is that you often become the thing you end up, like, wanting to kill. And she does become Joel by the time she kills Joel. But what's super interesting that is her arsenal completely mirrors Joel's arsenal from the first game. Mm -hmm. She has the same exact weapons, the same exact crafting materials, and a lot of the same brutish mechanics that Joel had, which I think is super smart. I think it's super fun, it's super subtle, and
0: I really like that bit of parallel storytelling
1: that's happening there.
0: That's really smart, I really like that. There's a lot of cool little touches that the game does. Um, You're talking about like inventory and map navigation and just like basic gameplay. I really didn't, and like I understand that the Last of Us Part Two gameplay is solid. Mm-hmm. Like the shooting feels okay, but it oftentimes just feels okay to me. It feels like a little you floaty. A, you have a lot of toolkits. Mm-hmm. You can like play landmines. You can play super stealth if you want to just do stealth action because every game has to be like a stealth action. <laughs> do what you want, RPG. Like it's like a fucking template for video games at this point. Like, are you making a triple A game? It probably looks a lot like The Last of Us. Um. Like, oh, there's, there's so much like walking around and opening doors for crafting material and so much looking around in dark corners for extra supplements or 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 fucking gear and Oftentimes, like, the controls just feel, like, not super solid to me. The turn radius in your characters oftentimes feels like you're driving, like, an 18-wheeler truck. Yeah. Where where it's like, whoop, let me turn around. Hold on, let me do a three-point turn with my character because I can't, like, whip the camera around fast enough. There is
1: a 180-degree thing where if you tap back and X at the same time you do a quick 180...
0: Yeah, I maybe I should have done <laughs> that more instead of like actually using the the game right. Like, no, yeah, you're you, right. You can play stealthy, you can not play stealthy. You're not really punished for either of it. Uh, it's definitely hard to play just a straight up firefight way, especially as Ellie, because um, of because of your health pool. Yeah, Ellie takes more damage than than Abby does, which makes sense because she's got less muscle. Yeah, way less muscle. Um,
1: I d- I do think the game is a little bit clumsy in regards to how you actually like control Abby and Ellie um There's i do so much of it i do think it's a lot better than the first game combat wise like i think it's just leaps and bounds better because i tried playing the first game before and i was like oh this has not aged well the aiming and th- it's gotten a little bit better in the last of us two but what i think the last of us two does super well in regards to gameplay is a couple of things one is um in a, in a giant like three hour review of the first game a guy named tim rogers pointed out how The Last of Us is very good at the in-between combat moments in regards to forcing its players to roleplay as an apocalyptic survivor where you are scrounging for materials and using materials in a way that's like, oh, I can make a med kit or I can make a grenade. And there's going to be a point in combat later on where you use the grenade and then you die and you wonder... Would i have survived if i made the med kit so like there is interesting choices and, and i like it when games force people to role play especially when people who aren't me typically don't role play so i think yeah. that that's pretty neat um but above all i think the last of us 2 really shines in in its versatility of combat because if you screw up a stealth encounter I think it's very easy to pivot based on the gear you have. You will never feel like you are underpowered because I feel like you are always there's so many options. I think the game's As long as you got that bow, baby. The game's so good at improvisation of combat where you have so many different options. And one of my favorite things has been like watching a lot how people handle different combat scenarios there's like you know there's a lot of things the game doesn't tell you you can dive backwards you can dive forwards and on that dive whip out your gun and like lay on your back and shoot fools you can do uh aerial takedowns which the game doesn't say you can just jump off of a, a high place and take someone down with ellie's knife immediately and there is like this This almost ballet that if you can control the clumsy tank well enough, it does turn into a ballet, which I think is a lot of fun. And I think it's elegant and like very um, children of men, which I think is what they're trying to go for
0: no two people are really playing the game the same way which i think is the hallmark of a game that has like inherently good these days right that people can can develop their own combat scenarios and like if you want to just make a bunch of trip mines and then set up a scenario where you're going to have everyone walk into a trip mine and have no one else ever there and just 007 ghost mode it yeah you can do that you can you can European elite yourself and then crawl <laughs> on the ground the entire time and then just stab people's ankles and then have, whisk their bodies away. You can do that. You can go in like it's Gears of War and then just like shocking everyone in the face and be like, "Well, that took two minutes." You can also do that. Like it's nice that you're presented a breadth of options. Um, it just feels like there's so much of it. Like there's I, a lot. Of I that. got I got kind of fatigued of doing the same mini combat encounter with five to nine enemies in an arena that's the size of like i don't know how 50 yards i don't think that's over and over and over and over and over again i don't know that that's true um one thing that adam um who's
1: coral's boyfriend a good friend of mine but he was talking to me about the the encounters in this game and i think that you know every triple a game i always think that there's one thing that's going to carry forward for other AAA games in the next five to ten years breath of the wild it's the climbing in um god of war it's how Mimir never repeats a storytelling session and it's always new dialogue the thing that i think that i hope carries forward from last of us that is easier for me to say than for people to implement is hiding its combat arenas i think the game does a fantastic job of just making every combat encounter feel like it's a part of the world and not just hey, there, there's a lot of uh,
0: waist-high cover here. Oh, dude. I mean, like, I kind of agree with that, but also I can call it a combat arena like four out of five times. I don't know that that's true. I feel like a lot of it
1: is smart because there's a lot of um, like fake-outs that the game does too. There's there's several where I'm like, okay, there's a lot of waist-high cover here. Like, okay, I'm going to get into cover and get ready. And it never happens because the game's just like, oh, I got you. It looks like a combat arena. And I think that the, when the game is at its best, is like the combat encounters where there's a, you know, um, when you're infiltrating to try and get the boat for the first time and there's like a multi-tiered like building Mm -hmm. with river that you can swim through. And I think the game is at its best when it frees your like improvisation to be in every dimension, up, down, left, right, diagonal, you name it. And there's also like a combat encounter, I think, in day two in Seattle where there's like a sniper in a building, but there's a lot of brush and there's a lot of patrols on the ground, so the goal is to get to the sniper, but you also have to deal with the people who are on the ground and in different levels of, like, a school building. Like, I think that's when the game is at its best. But Agreed, when you're in a tiny little, like, mechanics garage, and there's, like, five dudes, you're like, okay, whatever, just get this over with.
0: I could have watched more game than I played. Yeah. Very, like, I would have been much happier to, like, cut out a chunk of gameplay. It's like, it it felt so, like a little formulaic too in the sense of like, hey man, do you want to like, I don't know, look at the skybox and then point to the big building we're going to? Great, we're on our way. It's like, there was more than one occasion where I'm like, fuck, I have to get so far to get to the (laughs) next cutscene. Like just seeing how far away the hospital was in the sky. Oh yeah. I'm like, It's so disheartening. Oh,
1: no. And then it's like when you make progress and then Ellie has to like fall into a river because of a clicker, you're like, oh, man, it's going to take even longer now. (laughs) There is a lot of like, hey, it's down the street, but also the street's flooded, so we have to go all the way around. So it's like, "Ah, okay. And and I think that taps into a big criticism that I've seen of this game is it's a pacing problem. Uh, I do think that the game is too long, and I think a lot of that does really the game really starts to wear out its welcome i think the second you start to play as abby honestly and i think it lightens up i don't completely agree with that i think that's for me personally i thought when i saw that okay i'm back in seattle day one i was like oh my god i'm gonna see the same areas or whatever and i felt that for basically everything as abby until i got to the theater. And once I got to the theater, I thought the game got immediately more interesting again. So you're like every person on the internet who doesn't like the Abby section. I mean, I liked Abby. I ended up liking Abby a lot more than Ellie um, in the long run. I thought she was way more interesting. I thought she was a lot more fun to play as. um, And I just thought that she was cool. Wow. Wow.
0: You're glad that you would use the word cool for someone who was, you know, again, committing genocide. But, you know, notwithstanding. I mean, she, you know, she's a little misguided. (laughs) Yeah,
1: awesome. Great. (laughs) But I I think above all, like, the game just felt long. Like, I think there's a problem in a game when I'm like, okay, how much longer do I have left? Like, that's, I should never be saying that if I'm playing through a game. I should want the opposite where I'd be like, I don't want it to end. That's that's how I know I've always found a good game is when I when I put off finishing it because I feel like I'm getting to the end. Half Life Alex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the in The Last of Us Two, I felt like, okay, let's get this thing over with. I, I think I'm pretty well upgraded. I don't really need any more. Let's just steamroll this.
0: Yeah, I I mean I did some of that in The Last of Us also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two. Two also T O O T W whatever. I I was like, man, time to just power through all these sections. I don't want to get to the next story beat, which I do want because I want to see what happens. I I can understand the frustration of, like, um, God, what's edging? It's like they were edging someone. Like, someone was just about to nut with, with Abby and Ellie in, in the theater. Oh, and I don't like, like that at all. Can you think of a better way to describe it? Um, the climax was about to happen. <laughs> okay, so now
1: define edging. <laughs> God. I just don't uh. like you saying nut in reference to the two women you play as. It's
0: fine. <laughs> Come on. I. The can... emotional payoff. God, I liked, I liked the shift back to Seattle day one. I'm like, oh dang, and I'm like, oh man, I get to see a whole different world with, through Abby's point of view. I was, I really liked that twist. I can see why someone who was really like, oh man, what's the next story beat? What's gonna happen? Are they gonna shoot each other? Uh, who had then have to wait like what six hours to get back to that point in the theater, mm-hmm. if not a little bit longer? Oh, definitely longer. It's like eight to ten. I feel like <laughs> yeah. For anyone who has to wait those ten hours to get back to the theater they're like, oh, man, it's a good thing that we waited those 10 hours to get that story resolution because I love Ellie. And then, oh, no, I don't want to beat up Ellie. Yeah, I think that is the, a good
1: thing that you get from Reliving Seattle is that it does, like, I definitely found myself uncomfortable beating up Ellie where I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't want to kill her. But then if you she ever kills you, it's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. She kills Abby in some pretty miserable ways.
0: <laughs> I, I, I liked the theater scene. I liked the... Uh, I liked how beautifully they uh, they just one-and-done killed uh homie. What was his name? Jesse? Yeah, Jesse. Jesse's death was, like, super brutal, and I'm like, wow, that was... I mean, the, the game points, like, if you're ever
1: in an apocalyptic situation, just never open any door. Always send someone else to open a door, because every single major character death happens when someone opens a door almost immediately. It's like, oh, Manny's about to open the door. He's about to get shot in the face. Yep. All right, Manny's gone. All right, Jesse. Oh, wasn't expecting that. Um, pregnant girl. Ellie opened the door. Mel, that's her name. Mel. And the game, it's almost like a jump scare in that I feel like a lot of these side characters are a lot flatter than Naughty Dog anticipated, and so in order to elevate them and make you feel bad is hide it behind a jump scare. And by hiding... A major character death behind a jump scare it tricks you into thinking it meant more than it actually did and that's what kind of sucks that's why I didn't like that
0: the whole game is like hey are you feeling miserable enough yet <laughs> hey do you want to feel more miserable cool like that's that's what the story praise praise off of it's it's the audience feeling sad or shitty or scared the entire time
1: you know Lev trying to get reunited with his mom he had to kill his mom.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs>
1: it's just I, like okay. The whole,
0: the whole time I'm like, dude, Lev's making his own grave right now. Like, <laughs> do we have to go save him? Like, he's being a fucking idiot. He it's like I would have been
1: like, saved. Lev, homie, it's not gonna end well for you, dude. Like, come on, you are, you you've existed in this world long enough. You know it's not gonna work out the way you anticipate. Um, I think you know there is i think a lot of the criticisms that we have of this game are applicable to the first game as well oh yeah but the, there is Good a game. Wo- there is a world though where i think that naughty dog is at its best and people are going to hate it when i say this but i think hear me out if they were to make a small like i think the best part of the original last of us in all honesty is probably the Left Behind DLC, which is like three hours long, and it's basically a walking simulator where you play as Ellie and her um, first like love. And I think it's great because it, it really does showcase the narrative power of video games in a lot of interesting ways. And I think that this game taps into something that was very similar in the original Left Behind. There is a moment where Ellie longs to play an arcade. Did you ever play Left Behind? Uh, no. There's a part where Ellie goes to an arcade with her like love interest, and she laments that, oh, I can't play because the power is out. And so the love interest says, oh, just put your hand on the... This is a fighting game. Put your hand on the joystick, and then I'm going to narrate to you what's happening, and you close your eyes and imagine it. And the game goes to, like completely black, and then there's button prompts that you kind of have to react to what's being described to you, and sound effects play up, and like impact sounds. It feels like you're playing a fighting game, but it's not actually unfolding. And I think that was such a beautiful use of the narrative of the narrative power of video games and i think this does something very similar and i would argue the best scene of the entire game is the flashback with joel where you go to the museum which is just i thought one of the most beautiful things in the entire game that was so interesting and i didn't want it to end like it was just so smartly
0: done or the flashback of Abby when you're like, "Oh no, they were fireflies." Look at the zebra. I I liked all the flashback scenes yeah, actually.
1: Yeah. Those were really, really good. Like the Joel basically showcasing his humanity in some really beautiful ways. Is like he needed some much heavy duty lifting when it came to the emotional development department, and I think they did a good job of it. Where were you? Get inside the lunar lander, and you're like he's describing everything, and the music and the 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 cassette, like it's so beautiful, it's so excellently crafted. That makes and the zebra stuff, it's all so good. It makes me wonder, like, what would it look like if Naughty Dog took an off year and then just made a thirty dollar walking sim, where it's like. Oh, i would be into it but I'd, I'd love it the length of gone home where it's like no more than two hours and you just kind of have a narrative short story and then you're done
0: i'd have to hire a new writer but i mean
1: and also that zebra someone painstakingly animated that am, uh, amniotic sack like that was disgusting <laughs> that was pretty great like imagine you show up to work one day it's like uh you're gonna spend the next four weeks uh animating and designing this uh this uh, embryo, em- amniotic sac that the zebra is, you know, the afterbirth. It's like, oh, God.
0: Time to, time to Google placenta. <laughs> Jesus. It, it was yeah. really good-looking placenta. I I liked The Last of Us Part Two. I liked The Last of Us Part Two. I think it has a lot of flaws. I think a lot of the flaws that people have on the internet are super unjust, and fucking half of them are bigoted.
1: Yeah. So it's hard to, like... I mean, Abby's arms are way too big for a woman, right?
0: <laughs> you gotta stop.
1: <laughs> I don't believe that. She got, Did you see her in the gym, her PR? She has the PR
0: records for every lift in that gym. Yeah. She's, dude, Abby's... Abby, I would say Abby's great, but no, she's not. She's a genocidal maniac. who has a little bit of character development. Joe, di- Joel died. Great. Ellie, don't know why you didn't actually kill Abby. I'm like, what the what the future is. I think you just needed to have a Last of Us Part Three that'll happen. Well, the eventually.
1: the original ending was that Ellie did kill. That's like what he's gone on record saying. In the original ending, Ellie killed Abby, and that was the end of it. And I think that would have been way more interesting than what actually happened.
0: The ending is so flat for me. It's like it's so boring. What are we? What are we getting out of, like, what are they setting up for? Like, is there going to be a third game where Ellie's like, hey, everybody, I have to go find the Fireflies and then donate my brain to science and maybe save humanity? I don't think so.
1: I don't think there's a world where this world is saved. There's, there's going to be a third game eventually. Oh, yeah, sure. But I don't think it's going to, I think you, maybe you play as Lev. I think Ellie's story's done, though. I feel no like people, it'd be such a cop-out if she came back. Like,
0: oh, God.
1: Oh, no, they're going to kill her at the beginning of the next game, and then people are going to get mad again.
0: Yeah, kill her because she's at the hospital trying to fucking give her brain to science and seeing if she can help humanity, because why even bother at this point?
1: Neil Druckmann is a man who loves his movies. He, he just loves movies. This, this game is evolved. Like, if you're looking for more revenge movies, you know, check out I Saw the Devil. Check out Heat. And I think a lot of what this game is trying to be is heat because you have the two protagonists who meet in the middle and then it does what heat doesn't ultimately have the gall to do. And that's kill one of your main protagonists after falling in love with both of their interesting stories. And I think because of that, because of the commitment to, I think make everyone happy with that ending. I think he, I think it was just a boring ass move to not kill someone. Someone should have died. I, I honestly thought it would have been way more interesting if Abby killed Ellie at the end, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting Lev to wake up from his. But well,
0: Then humanity's doomed forever.
1: I mean, that's fine. You know, let's let's dive let's deep dive into this. Um, I, I mean, I feel like we're kind of winding down. I want to make a quick recommendation. I read an excellent essay on um, kind of gentr- gentrification and how the city spaces versus countrysides is innately tied to like systemic racism. Um, Excellent essay from a, a Yusef Cole. Check it out. Um, Very, very interesting stuff in regards to how the, the rural frontier harkens back to an early era of America. Very much like this is a safe suburb versus like the inner city roughness. Like there's some really interesting stuff that this dude explores and, Highly recommend it. If you're in our Discord, hit me up. I'd be more than happy to send that essay your way. It's a real good read. Um But other than that, 8 out of 10. I don't want homework, Nick. It's at 8 out of 10. 8
0: me? out of 10 feels right. B minus feels good. Yeah, it's solid.
1: I think I prefer the first one, honestly, for its storytelling. Nah, for its storytelling, I I mean...
0: Nah, I don't think so. I'd have to play the first one again to really compare one nah, to one. I mean, you don't want to play
1: it, though. That's the problem.
0: That's the thing. I don't want to play it. Like, I watched it. I watched the first <laughs> one. I'm like, okay, this is a story. I feel like the second one does more interesting things. I feel like the but second are you one is, watch, a, is a better game. Are you going to watch the HBO series from Craig Mazin? I mean, I've watched anything Craig Mazin does at this point, honestly.
1: He's re- They're doing the, the first ep- Last of Us as, like, uh, an HBO miniseries.
0: Yeah, I would... Uh, I would watch it because Craig Mason's doing it. He's very good. Yeah. That's very that's good. the extent of, of my thoughts on that is that I will follow <laughs> Craig Mason. Um, I'm excited that we played this game. I'm excited that people want to talk about this. I know people have been clamoring about it for a while. So hopefully that lived up to your expectations. Um, yeah, I, I think the game isn't that great, but the story is kind of okay and it does interesting things and it's overall good because the game was designed well. Yeah,
1: I thought it was fine
0: it's not it's not a a a top 10 game you're not putting it in a best of list
1: this might be not a real quick question but i'm curious does it you know this game was very much under the scrutiny and harsh spotlight of like forcing all of its workers to endure thousands of hours of crunch in some really like unhealthy ways does that do you think detract from the overall experience obviously no you absolutely not
0: i don't like i mean i wish that didn't happen but i mean i'm playing the yeah. game irreverent of that like it's hard for me to justify like wow someone hurt themselves to make this thing like yeah
1: i mean that placenta
0: looked really good yeah exactly <laughs> Did a lot of really good job working on <laughs> and, don't, uh, don't work at naughty dog how about that
1: yeah you probably shouldn't work at naughty dog that being said if there are like there is an appeal to it but also like you know it's very much a hollywood deal with the devil where you're like
0: it's fine joey what's the next game what are we playing i was just gonna say uh i think that we're kicking off this uh this train of ps4 exclusive triple a games triple a triple a uh, by next week, playing Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe next week because there's like some scheduling stuff. So like there's a, we might be Sunday, it might not be Sunday. That's fine. We'll play if it. You're listening it. to it out of order, like you know, whatever. But it's time for us to play some Ghost of Tsushima because I want to play more games that make my PS4 go. Mm-hmm. That's the sound of the fan because Last of Us and Ghosts really make that that console crank.
1: Ghost of Tsushima is the the last PS4 exclusive. Is it? Yeah, that's it. PS5 will be out at the end of this year by, I mean, by all intents and purposes, like, this is it.
0: Ah, man, what a beautiful console. Best console ever, PS4.
1: That's an interesting suggestion, Joey.
0: <laughs> oh, but actually, it was a PS2, because you know, when you had Metal Gear Solid 3, it was so groundbreaking at the time and the amount of numbers that the console moved, and can you really appreciate Grand The TV correct
1: so? The correct answer is Super Nintendo, come on, man.
0: Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> I love Super Mario World and Killer Instinct because it was really important to the <laughs> facility to have the games you can play at home with a controller that made sense.
1: Chrono Trigger.
0: Oh, guess I like it. Final
1: Fantasy 4, 5 and 6. Come on, man.
0: We all know that it was the GameCube. I
1: mean, it's just Luigi's Mansion.
0: Have you ever played Pikmin? I
1: do like Pikmin. And I do like Pikmin 2. <laughs> I've never but... played Pikmin 3.
0: Uh, it's the games really didn't live up the <laughs> imagination of the first one bring it to I'm, Switch I'm, sc- I'm sorry to report anywho, thank you everybody for listening to uh, Garbage Game Club about The Last of Us I love you and have a great day and wear a mask and also, that really dates the episode Let me say wear a mask by the way
1: no, we're going to be wearing masks forever Joey maybe, I don't know
0: also uh, play Ghost of Tsushima if you can if not, just listen to us talk about it because maybe you don't need to play it oh, is that a spoiler? I don't know find out next time.